Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is hour number two of the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and we've got a tremendous hour coming up for you as we're going to be hitting some baseball in the front and back end and talking about football in between as Albert Wynn, you know him better as analytics capper, and Eli Hershkovich, he does a great job over at the Lions. He, they are going to be joining me. We're going to be diving into a lot of these primetime games for NFL Week 4, some of their best bets as well. Along the way, I'm going to be talking about what I like on the baseball card for this Friday as well as we've got 16 games in total as we're going to have a double dip between the Washington Nationals and the Philadelphia Phillies as well. So we've got a lot of great action there that is coming up for this hour. A little bit of a programming note in that Joey Otani did indeed lose his no-hitter in the seventh inning. Would have loved to have seen it, but that said, the Angels, they still pull it off against the Oakland A's by a count of 4-2, but we were on Joey Otani no-hitter watch when I came onto the show, and well, that unfortunately went down relatively quickly. Hopefully we can stay hot in terms of these as the DK Nation streak, it is up to seven as we cash the one for Thursday in the third inning in the over in the Seattle Mariners and the Texas Rangers game. And as I do this, the game is in extra innings with the Rangers up by kind of eight to seven. So both teams get to the total all by themselves and I'm eyeing another over. So let's try to make it eight, nine twenty one, nine twenty two on the betting board. Actually, we are going to need eight to be able to cash this total over because it's the Minnesota Twins and the Detroit Tigers with a total of seven. And Joe Ryan is going to be on the bump for Minnesota. And Tyler Alexander, he takes a bump 
for the Detroit Tigers with the Tigers. You're getting them between about plus 122 to a plus 135. And when it comes to the Minnesota Twins, they're between a minus 142 and a minus 145 favorite. Before I dive into what I'm going to be writing up, which is going to be the over in terms of Twins versus Tigers, going to lay up to about a minus 155 with the Minnesota Twins. I do see some value here because I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game. Getting right now about a plus 120 to a plus 125 on the run line is personally where I'm going to be looking. I'm going to bypass the money line. I do think that the Twins are going to be able to generate runs. And the big reason why I do think that they are going to be able to generate those runs in this spot is that we have seen regression from the Detroit Tigers bullpen. For the Tigers overall this season, they are 8th in terms of bullpen ERA, but if you take a look since the beginning of the month of August, they are 19th in terms of bullpen ERA. 4.24 ERA in that time span, and Tyler Alexander has not been terrific. He has given up at least 5 runs in, or at least 3 runs in 5 out of his last 8 starts. Now, last 2 starts actually relatively solid, but this is about as much of a pitch of contact guy as you're going to get. 5 strikeouts per 9 innings. One and a half home runs per nine innings. Now, I will say he does a good job of not giving up a lot of walks, only two walks per nine innings, but certainly not ideal for not having the ball in play as opponents are in a little bit north of a 270 off of him. Meanwhile, for Minnesota, Joe Ryan has not been good on the road at all. He's got some very demonstrative home and road splits, and that's been illustrated in his last four road starts. In his last four road starts, he's given up at least four runs in three of them, in 8.02 ERA in this span, and overall, Joe Ryan has had a big fall off since the All Star break. At a 2.99 ERA in his first 14 starts to begin the season, post All Star break, he has made 12 starts since then. 4.52 ERA, along 1.5 home runs per nine innings since the All Star break. That is an issue. What else is an issue is the Detroit Tigers have all of a sudden learned how to put bat to ball. They have scored at least four runs in now five out of their last six games. He put up a massive number on Thursday against the Kansas City Royals. It was against John Easley, and John Easley, not necessarily the world's most terrific pitcher, but you know what? You're going to take the runs however you can get them, and for the Detroit Tigers, they still have their, shall we say, dead bats in the lineup with guys like Tucker Barnard, Ryan Kreidler, Jonathan Scope, Akil Badu. You're able to go down the list of guys in below 225, but all of a sudden, you've got a nice core with guys like Eric Haas, Riley Green, Javi Baez, Willie Castro, Victor Reyes hitting between about a 242-255. Baez over the last 40 days hitting above a 300. You've been able to get a little bit of power out of him. Willie Castro went deep in the game on Thursday as well. So you're starting to build some upward momentum. And for the Minnesota Twins, they are without two big mashers for their side as Byron Buxton and Ode Polanco currently out the full. But you still do have guys that do a solid job of moving the line. You've got a pair of guys hitting north of a 280 in Carlos Correa along Gio Urshela. Gray has been able to go deep over 20 times this season. Then we got Jose Miranda, Nick Gordon, both hitting a 270. Luis Arias has been one of the best table setters in all of baseball, hitting for about a 375 on base, 315 batting average. And then guys like Gilberto Celestino, Matt Wallner, they do a good job of reaching base as well. Not a lot of power when it comes to Minnesota, but this is already a pitcher-friendly ballpark to start with in Detroit. As we know, in the Midwest, it is late September. The temperatures are starting to go down a little bit more, so... Honestly, banking on teams like the Twins and the Tigers that weren't getting the deep ball to start with, not the worst look if you are taking a look at overs. And then for the Minnesota Twins, the bullpen has been, eh. It's not been great. It's not been terrible. I think that the whatever that sound that was, that was probably the best way of being able to describe it because I mean, you've got Giovanni Morin along with Yohan Duran, a pair of guys with a sub-3 ERA and 
I mean, Durant, in my opinion, is about one of the best relievers in all of baseball. Sub-2 ERA. He's able to give you multiple innings. He throws over 100 miles per hour. He has been terrific, but, I mean, for the Twins, on just about every bullpen metric, first half, second half, you're able to take a look at home runs per nine, walks per nine rate. You're able to go down the list. They're right around, like, 14th to the 16th in all of them. Not great. Not terrible. I do think, though, that Joe Ryan is going to give up his runs in the spot. I do think that you're going to get the Detroit Tigers slugging out quite a bit of offense. And I do think that with Tyler Alexander, the fact that he just doesn't get any swings and misses whatsoever, ball's going to be in play quite a bit. A lot of station-to-station baseball for the Minnesota Twins. But I do think that there's going to be a lot of traffic on the bases. So I'm taking a look at the over. I do think that the Twins have the upper hand in this spot as well. So I'm going to be taking a look at the Twins to be able to win this game on multiple runs. I'm going to take the plus price on the run line as well. Let's take a look to see if Aaron Judge can get home run number 62 as we go 9-15, 9-16 on the bang board. This is the Baltimore Orioles. They're going to be on the road. They're going to be facing up against the New York Yankees as Domingo Ramon is going to be taking the bump for the Yankees and Jordan Lyles is on the bump for Baltimore. And Baltimore, a pretty sizable underdog. You're going to be getting them between plus 160 and I'm seeing a size of plus 175 out there with the Yankees. You're getting them anywhere between minus 170 to a minus 190 with 8.5 being the total end. I do think that this 8.5 is a little bit too high. I feel like Yankees totals in general have been a little bit, shall we say, jacked up with Aaron Judge having this home run chase. And now he has been able to get to 61. We shall see if he's going to be able to get to 62 or not. And if you're getting these home run props where it's south of 2-1 to one that you're getting in terms of Aaron Judge hit a home run, there's just no value in that. I recognize he could very well hit a home run tomorrow because you've got Jordan Lyles on the mound. And with Jordan Lyles, he has given up 25 home runs this season, and I believe that 19 of them have come on the road. He has certainly been giving up the deep ball, but just in terms of any player to hit a home run, it being sub 2-1, to one, that just isn't a lot of value. Even for Aaron Judge, the best home run hitter in the big leagues right now, He's been hitting a home run, if you do the math, because he had a three home run game and then he had nine two home run games. So he's technically went deep in 51 total games this year. He's hitting a home run in about 33 to 34% of games. When you get two to one, that is not going to be profitable for you long term. So I do think that that is something very important to take note of if you're taking a look at some of these player props. And what else I think is very important to take note of is the fact that Domingo Armand has actually been quite good for the New York Yankees. You take a look at his last six starts in total. He had a little bit of a funky relief appearance thrown in there, but he has actually been able to do a nice job. 236 ERA, really since the middle of August. Opponents are just a buck 94 off of him now. With Domingo Armand, he has been a little bit more of a pitcher contact guy. Overall for the season, a little bit over six strikeouts per nine innings, but has been able to contain the walks, getting about 2.2 walks per nine innings. One word of caution is that his home ERA is about a point higher than his ERA on the road, but I mentioned it with Jordan Lyles. This guy is giving up all of his home runs on the road, and that really is who Jordan Lyles is. He's a little bit more of a fly ball pitcher because of the new dimensions in Camden Yards where he pitches for his home games in Baltimore. It has really helped him out. As a result, he has given up just six home runs at home, 19 home runs to be exact, on the road, and he is someone that is not going to get a lot of strikeouts as well. Seven strikeouts for nine innings. And we have seen the Baltimore Orioles bullpen start to regress. Joey Crebiel, Keegan Aiken over the last 10 days. They have not been good, but you still have Dylan Tate, CNO Perez, throwing their Felix Batista, delivering a sub-3 ERA. And for the New York Yankees, this is still a bunch that they've got a top-3 bullpen of their own. Someone like a Wani Peralta, who's been a little bit banged up recently. Ron Maranacchio, Lucas Lukey, they've been able to supply a sub-3 ERA. 
Playoffs has not been in good form the second half of the season, but you've got in very solid form a few other guys as well, like a if you're taking a look at the lineup, more protection for Aaron Judge Igleber Torres. Torres has been able to hit 24 home runs. He's hitting about a 255 for the Seaman. They do have back in the fold now John Carlos Sand and Anthony Rizzo. A combined 60 home runs between these two guys. Their problem is, and then you're able to throw in with this as well, Josh Donaldson, and I will make every Yankees fan groan when I say the same. Aaron Hicks hitting a 232 or lower. These are guys that aren't doing a good job of moving the line. Other than Rizzo, he still has a 340 on base despite the low batting average, but these guys are a little bit more of all or nothing hitters. You do have Jose Trevino that's able to move the line, but I do think that that is a big reason why to take a look at the under in this spot as well because it is getting cooler in the northeast part of the country. The balls that were leaving the yard, and we even have seen this with with Judge in trying to be able to get home run number 61, and some of those balls that he hit to the warning track in New York, those would have probably been home runs in like June or July. Now that we're getting down a little bit later in the year, now that it's becoming a little bit cooler, those balls are dying at the warning track. So I do think that that actually plays to the advantage of Jordan Lyles. I just do think that the New York Yankees completely have this Orioles team outgunned. It's sad and unfortunate that the Orioles played pretty much all their backups on Wednesday. I have no idea why they did. I have no idea what went on there, but they did. But as a result, I do look at the Yankees, and I was willing to take them as long as I was able to get a rather favorable plus price on the run line. Right now, we're finding this anywhere between a plus 105 to a plus 110, so I'm in a little bit of hold-off mode, but I made them a minus 182 on the money line. Personally, if I were to take a look at it right now, I'd be going with the Yankees, but going to be taking a look at the AM there. And coming up next, we're going to be joined by Eli Hershkovich and also Albert Wynn here on VEASAN Esports Betting Network. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. Bro. <laughs> You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Make game day more chill with a little bit of extra cash. Play for free during the college football season with Coors Light College Football Pick'em. Join 15 free-to-play pools for your shot at $5,000 in weekly cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Coors Light Pick'em now to join in on the action. Coors Light, perfect shot of refreshment, 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions. They do apply See DraftKings.com for details. And as per usual, please do drink responsibly. Yes, we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Great to be joined by Albert Wynn. You know him better as analytics capper and Eli Hershkovich. He does great work over at the lines. Two of the more knowledgeable guys that you're going to find in the industry. And guys, we've got a great week in the NFL. And let's lead off with, you always have like in terms of those tournaments when you're like, playing peewee basketball and something like that, you sort of have the loser's bracket. So let's go with the two teams that lost to the Miami Dolphins in back-to-back weeks, the Baltimore Ravens, and they are currently three-point underdogs as they take on the Buffalo Bills. In my opinion, the most intriguing matchup. I personally like the Baltimore Ravens in this spot just because I've been thoroughly impressed by Lamar Jackson. The defense, really, other than that game that we saw against Miami Dolphins, it still is rock solid, in my opinion, and Love the Buffalo Bills, but I think that this is tough based on what they have to just pretty much try to flush out of their mind. Eli, I'll start with you on this. Where do you stand in terms of this big clash between the Bills and the Ravens? Yeah, Greg, I'm with you. I bet Baltimore earlier in the week at three and a half, and I would bet this thing all the way down to three. Uh, full disclosure, I have a Ravens Super Bowl future, so I'm Baltimore <laughs> to to win it all. And, and I think this is kind of where it starts for this game, because I think they're undervalued from a power rating standpoint. I, I get the bills are still a top, you know, top three team, but they're banged up in the secondary. Their offensive line isn't protecting Josh Allen. And those are two areas that the Ravens can expose Buffalo and Lamar Jackson. Like you mentioned, Greg is, I, I think he's number one in the league in big time throw rate. He has a top five expected points added per drop back. And we saw what Tua was able to do against Buffalo secondary uh, in the second half. I think Lamar Jackson is able to do that for the full course of a game. And uh, Baltimore is getting healthier in their own secondary with Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. Like I mentioned, they could put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, Buffalo isn't protecting Josh Allen well right now. And they're, they throw it a ton. That That's the Bills offense. I think they run a, a top five uh, pass percentage 
in the NFL. So I'm on Baltimore. I would I would bet this down to three and also high on the Ravens long term. And Albert, I'll turn it over to you. Right now, myself and Eli are both on the Ravens. Is it going to be a clean sweep or are we going to have it be a two and one here? Yeah, so I do love this game. I'm looking forward to it, Greg. I think you and I are usually on the same side, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it for us yet. But <laughs> I love this matchup, right? Two of the most dynamic players, not only from the quarterback position, but in the entire league as a whole. We know the Bills' defense is elite. They've only given up 38 points through the first three weeks. On the other side, the Ravens' defense have been non-existent, right? A lot of that. I think Eli touched on it very well, was due to injuries, and they're getting a lot of their horses back. Um, But I do think we're going to see a ton of displays and examples of awesome talent in this game. I'm going to make it a three-way sweep, guys. I do like the Ravens as well. I like it plus three. And I'm going to lean the under. I think the bets are correlated. So if you want to have action on this game, I would probably suggest on, on just betting on one of them. Because I do think if the Ravens are going to com- be competitive in this game, I think the defense has to show up. I think Lamar Jackson in that running game has to show up. So I think they're going to play ball control uh, offense against a very, very potent Bills offense there. So I, th- I like the plus three. I, I didn't bet it early. I rarely bet games very early when it comes to the NFL. But I do agree with you, Greg and Eli. It's a Baltimore spot. And if you've just bet every under this year in the NFL – I'm not even kidding when you say for a hundred dollar better. If you, all you did was take the under, you're up one thousand two hundred and forty dollars right now. It is absolutely insane what we're seeing, and I think the bookmakers probably going to be adjusting a little bit. And I mean, you speak of the under in this one, Albert, and I'll go back to you on this one. We have seen this total completely crater between the LA Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. It started out at a 48, which it was too high. I will call it what it is. Now it's down to a 42 to a 42 and a half with the 49ers being a one and a half point favorite. This is a game that I personally have yet to bet. I'm going to take a little bit more time on this personally because, well, when it comes to San Francisco 49ers, they have a very good track record against the LA Rams. But you also have to keep in mind, last time we saw the 49ers on prime time, that was a very ugly display. I'm not sure if you've done anything with this game, Albert, but this is a spot where I think maybe the total is starting to go down a little bit too low, but I personally have yet to fire in, and I want to see how this line moves over the course of the weekend. Yeah, this game is going to be 100% dependent on the game script. If it's going to be a low-scoring, smash-mouth, control-the-tempo type of game, it's going to favor the 49ers. And if they get up early, I think they're going to be able to take that type of game into the second half. So I think this is going to be a a potential second half look. On the contrary, if the Rams come out hot, if they get up, you know, a touchdown or two, it's going to be very hard for the 49ers with that offense, that limited offense to really come back from behind. So I agree with you, Greg. Like, I haven't had any action on this game yet. I think it's going to be a potential second half spot. But we do know in the regular season, Shanahan owns Sean McVay. We'll see how that is. The 49ers are at home, uh, so there's a a slight edge there, but right now I'm going to lay off. Yep, I don't blame you there. I personally am waiting for a little bit more information on this game as well. Eli, I'm not sure if you've done anything in terms of 49ers versus Rams, but I do think that this is one of the more fascinating games of the week, especially with the total coming down as far as it has. Yeah, Greg, you think it could be a messy day, and I clearly have a messy, have had a messy hair day. I was looking at myself (laughs) right now on the screen. It's a long day. It's the back end of the day, so that's okay. But I do lean 49ers. I'll probably end up on San Francisco. Uh, Before we did this hit, I was actually going back to my NFC betting preview, NFC 
championship game betting preview from from last season on the lines.com where you can check out all of our great NFL betting content. And I think the script to this game sets up exactly the same. You know, we we were just hitting on it with um, with Shanahan having such an advantage over McVay, not only in the regular season, but also dating back to that NFC championship game. He's now eight and three against the spread against McVay. And you can consider that a trend all you want, but there are a couple parts to it. Number one, the Rams can't stop the 49ers zone blocking scheme. And yes, Los Angeles has graded pretty well against the run so far, but who have they played? Like we mentioned, a Bills team in week one that throws it a lot. They played Atlanta, who was facing a negative game script for pretty much that entire game. And the same could be can be said uh, about Arizona. So if the 49ers can can utilize that elite run game and that elite run scheme that Shanahan uh, runs so well and on the flip side of the ball, uh, the 49ers create pressure without blitzing. And it's a weaker Los Angeles offensive line than it was last year. So this D'Amico Ryan's defense is even stronger than it was a year ago. I think the 49ers, given the spot on top of it in a revenge spot, uh, trying to get a little something out of losing in the the NFC title game last year. I, I like San Francisco here on, under a field goal. I know it's kind of bounced around between 49ers minus one, uh, minus two in, in that range all week. But I'll likely be on San Francisco just waiting to try to get the best of the number. Absolutely. And I do think that with San Francisco, it is very important to take a look at just the Coaching history that we have seen as the 49ers certainly have had the number of Sean McVay. And when it comes to Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, well, we remember a few years ago, Tom Brady was able to get the best of Patrick Mahomes back while he was with the Patriots. Now the script is reversed a little bit as it is the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are going to be at home and a pick against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a total of right around a bet- between about a 45 and a half to a 46. And Albert, I'm not sure what way you're leaning on this, but I do take a look at Tom Brady. I don't feel like he played the worst game last week, but that said, even with Mike Evans coming back, I just don't know if he's got the weapons to be able to hang with Patrick Mahomes and this dynamic Kansas City Chiefs offense. I'm sure wants to make a statement after what happened last week. Yeah, I guess the first thing I want to say is everybody in Florida, I hope you guys are safe with Absolutely. the hurricane. Uh, the, 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 the game is going to move forward. It's going to happen in Tampa Bay. I think that's why we saw a roller coaster when it comes to the lines moving up and down all week long. Um, you know, two marquee guys, Mahomes and Brady on prime time, every bone in my being, Greg wants to bet the under here, right? That's just how I am from a contrarian standpoint, but I think we're actually going to see some offense. I think Brady is going to open it up. Uh, uh, you mentioned it. A lot of guys are going to come back from injury or suspension or whatnot. I do think we're going to see a vintage Tom Brady over 300 yards. I think Mahomes obviously is always going to be there in terms of contention and, and be competitive. But as far as side on this one, I'm not sure. Hopefully we just get a, a great game at that 4 o'clock hour. Yep, I do think that this is going to be an absolutely amazing game. And coming up on the other side, we're going to be getting these guys best bets as Eli and Albert, two of the best in the business. And if you're looking for a little bit more pro football betting in your life, the Pro Football Betting Podcast, that is out right now. You're able to get this with Danny Burke and so many VEASAN analysts breaking down all the game lines, props, and so much more. They have it every Monday, Thursday, and Friday for you guys. And coming up next, we've got great week four coverage coming up with Albert Wynn, better known as Analytics Capper, and Eli Hershkovich running through their best bets for week four here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. 
Kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for every line boost and special. Place them up for week four with Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and Touchdown Insurances, which are offered every Sunday all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs, and if it loses, you get your stake back as a free bet of up to $25. We draw on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday Night Football, and you get your money back as a free bet if they score at any time. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Great to be rejoined by Eli Hershkovich. Does a great job over at the Lions and Albert Wynn. You know him better as analytics capper. And let's take a look at some of your top plays for this week. And Eli, I'll start it off with you. And we're going to be starting off away from the United States. We go across the pond for this one between the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. Saints in most spots are finding themselves as a two and a half point underdog. Seeing a stray three at DraftKings with a total between 43 and 43 and a half. Where'd you go with this one? Because personally, when I take a look at these games played in Europe, I typically look a little bit more at the under because it's a field that just gets completely destroyed and typically it's not set up for football. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely go that route. I think the under has gotten bet down. The total in general yep. has gotten bet down a little bit too. So might be a little late to take the the, the under at, that, at this point if you at least want to get the best of the number. But I did bet Minnesota earlier in the week. I I laid the two and a half. I I thought the market was going to come in a little bit more on on Minnesota than it has. Not that that was the reason I bet it, uh, but it was under the key number uh, of three under under a field goal. On top of the fact that this cap uh, defensively, at least for Minnesota, not only are you getting Harrison Smith back now, as Darius Smith has popped up on the injury report, um, getting banged up late in the Lions game, unfortunately for Minnesota. But the, my handicap kind of revolved around Jameis Winston, who has now not practiced the last two days because Winston in his career has really struggled against zone defenses. I know Ed Donatel, who is who worked under Vic Fangio for a long time as an assistant in the NFL, now getting his first shot as a defensive coordinator, runs that shell zone, and he's kind, kind of gotten killed at least by Vikings fans uh, to start the season and betters, I guess, if you're betting the under in any of these games. Uh, granted, the Eagles-Vikings game went under in week two, but uh, nonetheless, the shell zone has not worked out super well for the Vikings. Now, likely no Winston playing for New Orleans behind center. It's probably going to be Andy Dalton, you would expect, with Winston missing the first two days of practice. But there is no Michael Thomas, and this is still uh, likely no Michael Thomas, and this is still a, a Saints offense that ranks bottom 10 in the NFL. I actually want to say bottom two and expected points added per play. You can make the case that, yes, they've had their successful drives, but they haven't converted them into points like the two missed kicks at the Panthers last week. But I still think this zone sets up well against a an unknown variable in Andy Dalton. And then on the flip side of the ball with Kirk Cousins, I understand that Marcus Lattimore is one of the best uh, coverage corners in the NFL, and you're going up against Justin Jefferson. So if he could isolate him out of the game, then it, it might be a, a tough day for Cousins. But I still think New Orleans' other cornerbacks, especially uh, one of their younger nickelbacks, Cousins could take advantage of with Thielen, the slot, or Osborne. So under the key number of three, I still like the Vikings, even though my handicap revolved around Winston uh, playing this game, and it seems like he's going to be out. Yeah, Jameis Winston, when you're dealing with a back issue and you're trying to play professional football, that's not necessarily the world's greatest thing. And, well, we've seen Andy Dalton ever since he left Cincinnati. Not great on that front either. So I cannot blame you there. And Albert, I know that a game that you're taking a look at is what we're going to be getting in terms of Colts versus Titans. Titans 
find themselves in most spots right around a three and a half point underdog. And with Tennessee, it's been very strange to watch them this season because Derrick Henry just doesn't look like the same guy this year. And I don't think anyone's necessarily been sold on being able to get the world's greatest performance out of the quarterback spot for the Tennessee Titans. But it just feels like in general, this is a team that's a little bit diminished. And the Colts, I feel like it was exactly what the doctor ordered for them last week. Where are you leaning on this one? Yeah, I love the Colts this week. I know they haven't played well. Um, one caveat I'll say is I'm not a big Matt Ryan guy. It's been almost 10 years since that you know MVP run, the Super Bowl run. He's just not the same guy. Um, he makes really, really bad mistakes. He doesn't make quick decisions. And his arm is just not as strong as it used to be. I mean, that's just how it is when you get older. With that being said, I did expect Matt Ryan to go through some growing pains heading into this, this season, right? Uh, he was in Atlanta for forever. Now it's a new team. It's a new system, new coaches, new players. So I do think he's going to get better and, and improve throughout the year. But I think what we see this coming week is going to be better than the previous week. Uh, with that being said, though, I think this is a great get-right spot for the Colts offense to play against that terrible Titans defense. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to go off, and I think they're really going to lean on that offensive line to really control the line of scrimmage. So I do love the Colts minus three and a half, and I think JT is going to score at least two touchdowns in this game. That would be really awesome to see him be able to get in the end zone multiple times. I do think that this is going to be one of the better games that we do get. And this is a really good game, Eli, as we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Philadelphia Eagles doing battle. Eagles are a six half point favorite. And the total on this game, it is between 45 and a half and a 46. No shortage of motivation spots here for either team because, as we know, Doug Peterson, he was over with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now he's with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence, up-and-coming quarterback, big week last week. Jalen Hurts, he's now in the top three in terms of the MVP market. Do you have any sort of a play here? Because we saw this line open up at seven briefly, and I agree with the move down to six and a half. Yeah, now that it's at six and a half, Greg, I, I'm probably not going to play it. Not that I did play it at seven, but it did get bet down pretty quickly earlier in the week. Jacksonville does look the part of a you know above average team across NFL power ratings, but they did and they have gotten a little lucky over their last two games. When you think about a team we just mentioned, Indian in Indianapolis, uh, that game be played in Jacksonville, and yes, the Jaguars blew them out. But the Colts didn't have two of their best skill position players and arguably one of the best receivers in the league in Michael Pittman. Uh, I know this Colts offensive line has underperformed and it was a good matchup for Jacksonville um, in terms of trying to control the line of scrimmage. But still, the Colts not having you know two of their best receivers on the field didn't help Indy's offense in that game. And then you go back to last week against the Chargers, Herbert playing through the rib injury. You can question Staley keeping him in the game in the second half and Lawrence did play exceptional football throughout that game. And, and he's played really well throughout the entire season. It's up for debate. If you think he can keep it up, we didn't see it last year, but he clearly has taken a step under Doug Peterson. And then you go up against an Eagles defense, this Jaguars offense that has again, caught some breaks and faced a, uh, uh, poor Colt secondary in week two and a chargers defense that was without JC Jackson, this Eagle secondary arguably has the best trio of cornerbacks in the NFL and I have them rated in my top three in my NFL power ratings. So with it now being under the key number of seven, I, I don't think I could have a play on Jacksonville. Um, you can make it's up for debate. If you're a believer in Philadelphia based on the three teams, they played as, as well to begin the season. Um, even though I I'm pretty high on the Vikings, 
but I can't bet this game with it being under a key number. I'm not going to lay six and a half, and then I'm definitely not going to take the Jags uh, with this being under seven. Yep, I can't blame you there. I do think that if I'm looking anywhere, I'm looking at taking the six and a half with the Jags, but would feel so much better with a seven rather than a six and a half because there have been so many games over the last few weeks that have been landing on those critical numbers of three and seven. So such an important note there. And then, Albert, I don't know how you feel about the Denver Broncos right now, but I'm not feeling great about them, to say the least. And though the Las Vegas Raiders are 0-3, they have, at the very least, shown some moments of brightness. They give away that game against the Arizona Cardinals. They were close, but no cigar against the Tennessee Titans. Now they host a Denver Broncos team that, until I see a pulse from just this coaching staff in general, along with Russell Wilson on the offensive side of things, I cannot look at them. I personally really like the under in the spot. I also like just fading Nathaniel Hackett in general, but this is one of the totals that I like the most on the board. I like it under. I'm not sure if you got anything in terms of the side or total in Broncos versus Raiders, but that's my look right now on this game. Greg, you're a brave man, uh, you know, betting the under on a Raiders game. We all know they don't play any defense, but you're right. Russ has been non-existent. Uh, you know, he's getting paid a quarter of a billion dollars. They're expecting a lot more when it comes to, you know, their quarterback, their superstar quarterback there. And I do think he's going to turn it around. Um, if you take out last week, which was a, a horrible performance from an offensive standpoint, they actually were moving the ball really well, especially the second half of the of week two. So I think if they can get into that groove, if, if they can get the ball outside to Judy and Sutland and the rest of those guys, I do think that um, they can give the Raiders defense trouble. With that being said, though, I think this is a great bounce back spot for the Raiders. I think there's been a lot of talk in terms of narrative. Did Devontae make the right move? Things like that. So I do think Derek Carr is going to throw it around. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of their explosive rookie running back today or next this week as well. So I like the Raiders here at minus two and a half. Um, I would probably play that up to three, to be honest. I do think that there's a huge home field advantage in Vegas. I do think so as well. And as I always said with the Vegas Golden Knights a few years ago, the Vegas flu, sometimes it will get you. And what else has you guys covered is Albert Wynn, better known as analytics capper, and Eli Hershkovich does a great job over at the Lions. They provided great information here on Visa. The Sports Bank Network and coming up next, going to be giving you guys some baseball for Friday here on the Great Peterson Experience. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. 
Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is kid-safe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18, my first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my day. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NHL season is almost here, and our hockey experts, they are ready for all the action. The VSIN Hockey Season Prep Guide is going to be available soon with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Andy McNeil, with predictions for both teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, season-long trends to watch, plus three things every new NHL better should know. This guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those a little bit newer to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season and get the VEASAN Hockey Season Prep Guide by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Great to be joined by Eli Hershkovich of the Lions along with Albert Wynn, analytics capper. Those two guys deliver great knowledge, taking a look at NFL Week 4, so great to be able to get them aboard and Coming up in our number three, I have to make my Circa Millions picks. Has not been so great in terms of the Circa Millions picks. We've been a little bit hotter on the diamonds, so we're going to need to try to pick a few winners, try to get myself out of this hole. I'm 6-9, and nine, and you can insert your 6-9 and nine jokes here. But with that said, we're going to look to be able to pick it up in our number three. So we're going to be taking a look at these games, try to be able to find some winners on that front end. We're going to be taking a look at a little bit of baseball here in a second. But speaking of teams, Got the best team ever on the Greg Peterson experience. We've got Dakota, my technical director, doing a great job holding things down. Those of you guys listening on video, visa.com and many other platforms, everything that you see on the screen, that is courtesy of Dakota. Those of you guys listening on radio, as we've got more and more radio stations that have been joining the fold here on the Greg Peterson experience, or just visa as a whole. Taylor, he gets me set up on audio. That's how things are sounding so crisp. And then Jason Kahn, my wonderful producer, does a great job 
just booking all these guests, keeping everything online in general because there is a lot to just producing a show in general. And Jason, he is one of the best in the business as the team behind me. It is absolutely tremendous. It says the Greg Peterson Show if you take a look at the show name, but it really takes a team to be able to make the dream work, and it is the dream team, and I appreciate all their hard work. These guys are absolutely tremendous. What else is tremendous is this baseball slate that we've got for Friday. Now, you've got a lot of low-scoring games, but with that said, let's take a look at one of those low-scoring games and try to find some value on it, and this is going to determine what we're going to be seeing in the NL East. 905-906 on the board. This whopper of a series between the Mets and the Atlanta Braves most likely going to be deciding who is going to the wild card and who clinches the division. And we've got a great pitching matchup to kick this one off. It is Max Fried who's going to be going for the homestanding Braves and Jacob deGrom is on the bump for the Mets. And with the Mets, they are the favorite. Anywhere between minus 115 to minus 125, between plus 105 and plus 110, the number on Atlanta with six and a half being the total. I just cannot back the Mets being a favorite in this spot with the way that Jacob deGrom has looked recently. He has made in each out of his last three starts a, shall we say, clunker in all three of them. Three plus runs surrendered in each of them, including giving up five runs to the Oakland A's on the road, in which Oakland's the most pitcher-friendly ballpark in the big leagues. I recognize that that was a daytime start, and you don't have the marine layer out to LPL quite as much, but for a guy like Jacob deGrom, you can't be having these results, and and the other two starts were against the Chicago Cubs and the Pittsburgh Pirates. We saw the Chicago Cubs get the job done against the Philadelphia Phillies, but that was more or less with their pitching rather than their hitting. Jacob DeGrom is not in great form. He's still getting a lot of strikeouts. Here are the two walks per nine innings. So, I mean, Jacob DeGrom largely looks like the same guy, but he's been missing location just a little bit, and that has been hurting him quite a bit. Meanwhile, for Max Fried, he has been completely on his game recently. Another guy that does not give out the free pass. Right around 1.6 walks per nine innings. Doing a great job of keeping the ball in the yard. 0.6 home runs per nine innings. Both home and road splits. He's got between about a 245 to 255 ERA in both environments. So he has been sharp at home. He has been sharp on the road. But just take a look at this recent run that he has had. And it has been absolutely tremendous. As he has given up two earned runs or fewer. Each out of his last nine starts. With a buck 96 ERA in this time span, giving up six home runs in 55 innings. He has done a great job of being able to limit the walks in the time span, fewer than two walks per nine innings. He has just been flat out magnificent. And if you want to expand it to three runs or fewer, he has given up three or fewer in each out of his last 16 starts. So he has been able to do a rock solid job. And for the New York Mets, they're without one of their bigger bullpen pieces in Tommy Hunter right now. That I do think is going to affect things a little bit because I do anticipate Max Reed being able to deliver just a little bit more length in this bottom for the Atlanta Braves. You got to avoid Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen is absolutely terrible. If you're looking for a betting angle, if you're taking a look in game and you see Kenley Jansen come in, just bet the other side. You're going to be able to make some money because Kenley Jansen has blown at least five run lines this year. I have lost so much money taking run lines and then having a like two, three run lead with the Atlanta Braves and then, oh good, there comes Kenley Jansen into the game, so that's not something that I would necessarily want to look at as a run line because Kenley Jansen is probably going to blow it on you, but what is much more trustworthy of the Atlanta Braves is this lineup as a whole, as you've got a lot of guys in between, I would say, about a 272 at 280. Chief of them, that'd be Austin Riley. He's been able to slug out 37 home runs, and then on the flip side, Pete Alonso. He's been able to get 38 home runs. A few more RBI for Pete Alonso, but both of these guys have been 
instrumental parts of their team's offense. The big thing for the Mets is that maybe without Starling Marte, and without Marte, the offense has struggled quite a bit. He's been able to hit about a 290-ish all season long. Him being on the injured list, that has hurt them quite a bit. But you do take a look at this Atlanta Braves team, and you've got a lot of other guys hitting between, I would call it about a 268 to a 280. Dansby Swanson, certainly in that fold. Travis Darno, along with William Contreras, the two catchers for this team. Matt Olson, he does not find himself in this fold, but he has been able to slug out 30 home runs as well. And then you've got Michael Ayers, the second and Vaughn Grisham, pair of guys hitting north of a 290. And then on the flip side for the New York Mets, Brandon Nimmo, Mark Hanna, who I mentioned before in Alonzo, and you've also got Francisco Lindor. In between about 265 to 275, Lindor has been able to slug out 90 plus RBI, so he's been able to do a solid job. But I do think that the Atlanta Braves have the pitching advantage in terms of the bullpen as they've got the better bullpen ERA overall for the season as you've been able to get some relatively solid innings out of guys like A. Cole McHugh, Tyler Madsick. Both of these guys, a little bit north of a three ERA. Dylan Lee has been able to do a nice job as well. And what has really been a revelation, they picked up Rossiel Iglesias at the trade deadline. He hasn't been in as much of a closer role, which is why he's went a little bit under the radar. Made 24 appearances since getting since getting picked up. A 0-40 ERA, giving up one earned run over the course of 22 and a third innings. It has been absolutely magnificent with this Atlanta Braves team. So as a result, I do think that the starting pitching advantage, it really doesn't go to either side. I think that is very equal, but I do think that just the whole of the parts of the Atlanta Braves gives them a little bit of an edge here. Pretty much, I was taking a look at this, and whoever was getting plus money, I was going to be willing to fire in on them. The Atlanta Braves are right now the team that is getting the plus money, so I'm going to be willing to take them. And when it comes to this total, because you do have two very formidable offenses, I needed at least a 7 to take a look at the under. Here at a 6.5, in a 4-3 to three game, you are able to hit this total to the over. You don't even have a push like you would at a 7. So this is an ordeal where I'm going to be taking a look at the over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Braves since they are the underdog and getting plus money in this spot. We're going to hit on this game. Might need to polish it up in our number 3, but it is 9.07, 9.08 on the board. The Miami Marlins, they're in the road. They're facing off against the Milwaukee Brewers with Corbin Burns going for the Brewers and Sandy Alcantara going for the Miami Marlins. 6.5 is the total in most spots. I'm seeing a stray 6 at DraftKings, and... If you've got a six, you just got to take this thing over. It just is getting too low at this point. Meanwhile, with the Brewers, you're finding them between a minus 170 to a minus 176 favorite and between plus 145 to a plus 163, your number on the Miami Marlins. And anything north of a plus 152 was willing to fire in on Miami. Sandy Alcantara has been amazing, though I will say the reason why the six is something that I would want over because at six and a half, I would look at the under with the way that the Miami Marlins offense has just been absolutely putrid. But I mean, with a six at that point, a four to two is a push. And you just got so many ways to be able to get that thing over. Firstly, I've only got six halves available to me. And at a six and a half, I look at an under. But if you've got this six, take it over. It's just too low of total, especially with Corbin Burns and the way that he has struggled. Five plus runs allowed in four out of his last seven starts. This is not the Cy Young guy that we've seen before. And when it comes to Milwaukee Brewers as well and Corbin Burns, he actually has worse splits at home than on the road. This was true in his Cy Young season last year. It's true this year. He's got an ERA that's about a half a point higher when he is at home rather than on the road over the past two seasons. That is detrimental. And in the second half of the season, Corbin Burns has been giving up right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings. Meanwhile, Sandy Alcantara, he has given up four plus runs and now four out of his last nine starts as well. So, has some issues there. 
Miami Marlins it's a rather putrid offense but also with the Milwaukee Brewers bullpen is not necessarily in the greatest of form so you got that six I like it over six half I would say hold off because we could get some sixes in the AM and with the Miami Marlins want to take plus 152 or greater and something to take a look at as well this is a VEASAN pro tip for this hour here but get them all by becoming a VEASAN pro subscriber we give out 20 every day one every hour of every single show of programming and that is that you don't want to be ignoring some of these coaches trends especially in the NFL just take a look at the trend that we've got in the 49ers and the Rams game as John McVay has only covered one out of his last seven games against Mr. Shannon and coming up next we're going to be talking a little bit more about the NFL here on Visa the Sports Bank Network. Bet River Sportsbook app has a huge number of live streaming events every day. Bet River Sportsbook has great offers, including a $250 match bonus on your first deposit, and all bonuses are only one-time playthrough. Amazing offers and great customer service makes Bet Rivers your hometown sportsbook. Must be 21 or on sportsbook. Must be 21 or on sportsbook. Must be 21 or on sportsbook. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 